Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. G M G P. It is Monday, December 18th, 2023. Y'all decide to wake y'all asses up with Ray G. Y'all know I appreciate you being in the damn building. What's going down with the people out there? What's up? What we got in the building? What's up? Carter 48. What's good with you, big dog? What's happening with you? One of my Heisman members. Shout out to you, Carter. How you doing? Garrison, what's happening? What's going down? Jimbo, Chris Howard in the building. Richie, John, Carson, Adam, Marlon, Chris, Leo Scott in the building. Got another Adam. Adam Zav, Kelly Poole, Chancey Patterson, Rico Stone. What's good with y'all? Happy Monday, everybody. Glad y'all are in the building. Jay Rich, cut the music, man. Cut the music. I, I was I was feeling real uh man. Uh Jay, I I uh I didn't know today. I didn't know today, you know, that the sickness was coming back over me again. You know, there was some mm-hmm. bad football on this past Sunday that we do not need to talk about. There was some mm-hmm. good football yeah. that we do talk about. We will talk about it, but there was a lot of football we don't even need to discuss, Jay. There's no need. To bring it up, there's no need to talk about I want to talk about other stuff. Let's talk about NBA. We could talk about Shohei Otani and his $700 million yeah. deal we didn't get a chance to talk about. No need to talk about fantasy football. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, baby? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, the chat had me dying. You guys I didn't. I didn't see great anything in the this chat. Morning. My chat doesn't work. They were I, great. I can't see um, anything. I can't see. We, I can't we, see. We got, I think it was Stone was talking about Dak Prescott killing his Who? guillotine team. And uh, yeah, Dak was the guillotine this week for a lot of people himself. Um, Arthur Smith is not a trailer. He is the shredded spare tire on the side of the road. That one had me going pretty good this morning. So you guys, uh, shout out to you in the chat, man. Uh, But yeah, Ray, uh, not a good day to be a Cowboys fan. But these days happen. These days happen. They go on the road and things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was um, sick. I heard heard that too, Bunny. Bunny, I heard that too. What He was ill Mm -hmm. on the road. You. And to be fair, hadn't there been rumors about people going to Buffalo and getting sick before games? I'm just, I, my, if my memory it's serves It's not Utah. Me, it's, it's a different scenario listen, here. We're not talking about them right now. We got a lot to talk about, but we ain't talking about them right now. But I appreciate everybody being in the building. Jay, it's good to be back with you. Another week of Wake Up. And this is, I'm, this is your last week for a little bit. And next Monday is Christmas Day. I ain't doing a damn show on Christmas Day. Enjoy time with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones. Don't worry about no wake up. I'll be back on Friday and next week. So we got today, we got Friday, and then we got Friday the following week. But there will be no show on Christmas morning. At least give us one of those days. But, uh, Jay, we got uh, podcast stuff that came out, Destination Dynasty. We've got a bunch of stuff that's dropping over the DD Airwaves articles, injury injury articles from Jeff Mueller. We've got betting yep. articles from Brandon. So make sure you go to DestinationDebbie.com. Check out the radio feed. Jay, we got a lot of news to get to. We got a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. So let's just jump right into it and get to the get to, baby. The Biggest News. 
in the world of sports. Covered and brought to you by one man, Jordan Richards. This is Straight Facts. As you mentioned, Ray, there is a plethora of injury news yet again. It seems like whether it's this week or the coming weeks, we just cannot escape the injury news right now. Every day, every game, more and more continues to pile up. But let's get right into it. We have Tennessee quarterback Will Levis, who is probably going to be dealing with a high ankle sprain and a couple of weeks potentially missed. You know, obviously we saw Trevor Lawrence come back in six days. That is definitely an abnormality, but Will Levis is tough, so we'll see. They are now contending for the division as a three-way tie at the top between Houston, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. So hopefully Will Levis can come back, but if he can't, maybe they go back to Ryan Tannehill. I don't even know if he's fully healthy. I have to imagine that he is by this point, but the Tennessee Titans will have to figure out something at quarterback because they have a lot of important games coming up, so they will have to see what Will Levis' status is going forward, and we are waiting for the official diagnosis, but it's expected to be a high ankle sprain. Now, after getting beat up uh, against the Dolphins yesterday, Zach Wilson went to concussion protocol after initially being uh, going to the locker room for dehydration. He's in concussion protocol now. The Jets are officially eliminated for the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers, does he come back? Probably not, but we'll see what the Jets decide to do at quarterback for the final three weeks. Zach Wilson potentially could be out for week 16. And after last night, it was reported that Trevor Lawrence went into concussion protocol. So Ian Rappaport was talking about this this morning on Good Morning Football, how late last night Trevor Lawrence was put in concussion protocol after they lost, I believe it was 23-7 to to the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll see about his status. I mean, we saw him come back from worse, but with concussion protocol, you just never know. We don't expect these guys to play. But more recently, as the games become more important, players tend to clear the protocol a little bit sooner than they have in the past. Michael Pittman, as well as in concussion protocol after being absolutely leveled by DeAndre Casey of the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, who ultimately got ejected. It was a terrible hit, but hopefully Pittman is okay and does play in Week 16, but he's another guy who could be missing this week. A player who will definitely miss Week 16 and the rest of the season is Baltimore Ravens running back Keaton Mitchell, who suffered a devastating knee injury. We yeah, don't know the extent man, of the injury sucks. yet, but he's already been ruled out for the entire season and potentially could miss early next season as well. It could be multiple ligaments that he tore, it did not look good, so don't expect him to be ready for a training camp and even potentially the beginning of the season next year because he is probably looking at a Javante Williams year-long type of recovery Damn. ahead of him. Another player who's going to be out more likely than not for Week 16 is Jamar Chase. On Saturday, he suffered a separated shoulder that has been officially confirmed that it is separated shoulder. They are still determining the extent. He wasn't even able to get an MRI yesterday because he was in too much pain and it was still too sore. So he's hopefully going to get that MRI today when we will know the extent of the injury. But Jamar Chase is more likely than not going to be out this week and potentially could be out in Week 17 as well. Packers uh, wide receiver Jaden Reed, who's having a phenomenal rookie season, had a great game yesterday as well. Suffered a toe injury. We don't know if he's going to be going to be missing any time, potentially in week 16. It's because we don't know the extent of the injury yet. All we know is that it's a toe injury. Is it turf toe? Is it a bruised toe? We don't know what it is quite yet, so we don't know if he's going to potentially miss week 16. So monitor his status and make sure you do have a contingency just in case he does not play. Marquise Brown suffered another heel injury or a setback to his original heel injury. And honestly, at this point, he probably could be shut down for the season. So don't expect to be using Marquise Brown anytime soon. He could play, but once again, he comes back. Another heel injury. Probably just going to keep him out for the year so it can finally heal. And then last but not least, tonight we have two starting quarterbacks that potentially could not play but and a game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles. We have Geno Smith who's dealing with a groin injury and it Reed Rappaport was on Good Morning Football this morning and was saying that he is almost at this point doubtful to play and has a uphill battle ahead of him. If he is going to play and Jalen Hurts is sick, 
He was sick on Saturday. It got significantly, or not significantly worse. It got worse on Sunday. And so he has a questionable tag going into the game tonight. So if Marcus Mariota's on waivers, maybe you go and pick him up just in case. But Jalen Hurts seems like he has a shot to play. But with the Eagles clinching the playoffs and potentially, you know, ahead of Dallas with a win against Seattle, they may decide to keep him out of this game because they do have an easy schedule down the stretch. So hopefully he can play because I know a lot of you need him. But Jalen Hurts could be missing tonight as well. Yeah, thanks, Jay, for the news. Yeah, a lot of stuff. Um... A lot of uh, more backup quarterbacks that could be on the field. Yeah. Mar Marcus Mariota, Drew Locke, you talked about Will Levis. And I watched that injury a couple of times. It looked pretty bad. I don't know, you know, high ankle. It looked like he was just laying there. It looked pretty bad when it yeah. happened. But more backup quarterbacks, more backup quarterbacks, more backup quarterbacks. I saw somebody in the chat say they haven't, they're not very old, but they can't remember this many backup quarterbacks being in the NFL in a long time. And it's just, it's like it's over half the league at it's this point end, now. It's the end of the season. Some teams are already off in Cancun. They're, they got their vacations planned ready. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's, it, it's what makes fantasy football. I, I don't want to say unenjoyable, but it's what makes it difficult where you can kind of put together this dope, awesome roster all season. And then you get to this point of the year and Players getting shut down for things that they would have played through through week four. Yeah. Players getting benched, pulled, low tolerance. Let us see what we have in the rookies. Makes it really difficult, Jay. You know, we're both in some sort of tournaments right now. I've got a couple of, uh, I think I've got 67 underdog teams still in contention for the pot right now. I have nice. 33 teams in BBM4. All 36 teams are probably not advancing. I'm cashing out this week. Tyreek Hill being out absolutely nuked me. Chris Olave yeah. being out, I think it impacted like 22 of my 36 rosters, which is tough. I got a couple of super flex teams that are still in it. And you, sir, are probably going on to the final round of Scott Fishbowl. I made it to the third, uh, what is this, the semifinals or the quarterfinals? It's the quarters but, right now, yeah. Yeah, quarterfinals. I'm probably not making it on to the semifinals in Scott Fishbowl, but it has been a very trying and difficult season. That's why I'm, I'm going to be a little more in on best ball underdog next year, just embrace the variance because when you do that and you put in 30 40 50 100 200 plus teams you can embrace the variance if you've constructed right you're like hey this doesn't affect me too much i've got some of these backup guys ready for this but when you're counting on lamar jackson to get it done for you a flowers etn all those guys let you down all of them let you down this past sunday slash saturday and we're going to talk about it jay but i do want to start out talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts potentially being out tonight. Let's just talk about that really quickly, Jay. I, for one, personally think he's going to play. I think it's going to be the Jalen Hurts flu legacy game tonight against Seattle. Let's not, let's not do that. Let's, let's I'm not just do saying, that. man, he's going to play. I think he's going to play. Yeah. And I, I think his it will go to the, to the Hurts bid or campaign for NFL MVP, which I think was sold up yesterday by a player from the San Francisco 49ers. But for me, when you're thinking about it from a fantasy perspective, this is big implications. A lot of people are leaning on Hurts. A lot of people have come down yeah. to the wire, and they need A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith. Let's just go along the line, Jay. Jalen Hurts is out, out tonight. How do you feel about A.J. Brown, Smitty? And here's the thing. You probably have zero pivot points. There's nobody on the Seattle yeah. side that's on waivers. How do you feel confidence level with those guys if Marcus Mariota is, in fact, a quarterback? 
I think that it's a lot less devastating than people are going to kind of think in their head, right? Okay. And it's not because Marcus Mariota is better than we think he is. It's because when you look at the situation even right now, Jalen Hurts is sick. Do you think he wants to go out there or the Eagles want to go out there and throw the ball 35, 40 times in the game when they know that he's not feeling his best? Probably not. The Seattle Seahawks have a terrible run defense. It's been one of the worst in the league for weeks. And so you think about just the game plan to win, it's probably more Kenneth Gamewell, DeAndre Swift, Boston Scott, Rashad Penny, whoever they're running out there at running back and just pounding the hell out of the ball. Because even if Jalen Hurts is in the game and he is sick, they probably don't want to be throwing the ball a ton anyway. So you think about, is it a downgrade? Of course, but it may not be that severe because the ceiling for this entire passing offense may not be super high if they choose to run the heck out of the ball anyways, right? So I think that's the only case to make where you shouldn't be as concerned. And if you need a ton of points, maybe you should be concerned unless you have DeAndre Swift because I think he's the guy who could really have a massive game this week. Otherwise, you know, it'll probably be a lot of short dump offs, a lot of quicker plays, getting the ball out of Hurts' hands quickly. We'll see how they ultimately choose to play, but I think that would be the key to success for the Eagles today. But to your point about him playing, with Dallas losing, it puts him in the driver's seat for not only the uh, division, but also the number two seed as well. So I think they do want to play Hurts, and he does want to play, especially after what happened last season when they faltered down the stretch. Ultimately, didn't affect them too much, but I do think he wants to try and finish up the season if he can, and hopefully an illness won't prevent him from doing that. But I think the run game is their key to success in this one for sure. Jay. I just want to know, did you have any teams, any leagues, any situations where you got absolutely destroyed by Christian McCaffrey yesterday? Did Christian McCaffrey sink or help swim your teams? I want to know below right now because, my God, Dave, this is for everything that we said about the variance of fantasy football and no the, the disappointment and how you get to the end and then all your teams and players – they, 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 they shit the bed for you, Jay. They just they don't do what you need them to do, and you end up losing in the playoffs. Well, Jordan, if you had one Christian McCaffrey, the complete opposite happened because he went absolutely nuclear, Jay. Over 100 yards on the ground, one touchdown on the ground, but that wasn't enough. Five catches, 72 yards, two touchdowns through the air. Jay Rich, this is why you pick him one-on-one. This is why he is the dynasty RB1. This is why he is just, I mean, he's Captain America, dude. He is, he is Steve Rogers, Captain America. Does he have the greatest powers on earth? Is he, is he the incredible Hulk? Is he as fast as T'Challa, the Black Panther? No, but damn it. He just, he's just great. He is just cap. It's Christian freaking McCaffrey. Congratulations, dude. I can't wait to see the advance rate of teams that have Christian McCaffrey. And I want to know if you had Christian McCaffrey and lost. Show me that roster. Show me the roster that had Christian McCaffrey and lost. But Jay Rich, he was incredible this Sunday versus the Arizona Cardinals. And I believe... On the season, he's got like eight touchdowns against him, something ridiculous. Seven, like yeah. That. I was going to ask yeah. you if you knew the number. Yeah, it was seven, seven touchdowns, touchdowns against him this I season. I pay attention, man. I do, I do some research a little bit, Jay. Talk to us about how good this player is, man. And and all of the talk about Bijan and Brees and all these other running backs ahead of him at the end of the day is still old, man. And I'm calling him old at 27. Christian freaking McCaffrey, Jay. Talk about it, baby. Ray, um, I can't believe it, but even still today, RB1, Bijan Robinson, 
Make it make sense. We've on been saying K- this. Oh, it feels like KTC? for weeks. Oh, we're going to talk about on that. K- we, can, we can get into that, that a little bit later. But, but Christian that. McCaffrey is, and people called me crazy when I said he's the greatest running back of all time. And he's look, not people, that, but he's awesome. Hey, but you don't have to agree with me. I do not agree with you. But it's pretty clear that he is the best running back in the NFL, and it's not even particularly close. Yes. And yes, yes he is in one of the that. best offenses in the NFL, but he continues to deliver. He gets the carries. He catches the passes. He's in sync with the offense. He's running wide open. Like, there is no reason to take any running back. I don't care if they're 20 years old, 19 years old, have 15 years in the NFL ahead of them, are the next Christian McCaffrey. Take Christian McCaffrey now and just keep him on your roster. Trade for him if you can. Because honestly, Ray, like, what would it cost to get Christian McCaffrey? I'm sure it would actually cost quite a bit, but you know, because no one's gonna trade him away. It's so difficult to trade him away. But like if you have him on a roster, like just be thankful that you have him. When he was injured and people weren't sure, is he gonna still be the RB1? Go to San Francisco. And what do you know? Dude has been smashing ever since. Everything we thought Christian McCaffrey could be in San Francisco. I honestly think he has outperformed that and then some. So you look at what he's doing, you look at what he continues to do in this offense, the playmakers, the system, call it whatever you want. But Christian McCaffrey is by far the best running back in football and the RB1 in Dynasty, regardless of age, regardless of whatever you think about anything else. He is the one. No questions asked. He's incredible, man. He just he just gets it done and more. On top of that, I'm not even going to say more so than that, but on top of that, the scheme is incredible. Yeah. I don't know how many times Brock Purdy's going to just turn around and pitch it to him, and he just picks up 15 yards of pop. every. Y'all don't see it coming. They're going to pitch it to him. They're going to pull a guard. Trent Williams is going to get on the outside. They can't stop it, Jay. You just can't stop it. He's picking up yeah. chunk plays and chunk yards. And the crazy thing is, is it's not just Christian McCaffrey doing it on this offense. I heard a stat yesterday that they, the San Francisco 49ers, are the first team since the 2004 Indianapolis Colts to have a player, have players, five players, that have 4,000 yards passing, Brock Purdy on that trajectory, right? And four skill position players over a thousand total yards, Jay. The first team since the 04 Colts. Brock Purdy over 4,000 headed that way. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel all tracking and or above 1,000 total yards. Hasn't been done since Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, Mar- Brandon Stokely, and um, I'm forgetting who the tight end was, but oh, um, Clark, Clark. Man. Dallas Clark, Clark. Dallas yeah. Clark. Dallas this Clark. This is, yeah. you know, this is unreal. Jay, O line was supposed to be a little bit of a weakness. They lost Mike McGlinchey. He's in Chicago. Doesn't look like a problem to me. Brock Purdy gets hit, shoulder stinger comes in. This, this is clearly Jay. Complete objective, no bias. This is the best team in the NFL, dude. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who's beating them. I, I truly don't. I got Bleacher Report today. Make sure y'all tap in 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern. I don't even know who's in their stratosphere right now, NFL-wise. I, Baltimore, I'm going to have them second in the power rankings. I think if Baltimore and San Francisco played today, San Francisco would put foot in them. I, I think they put foot in Dallas. They put foot in Philly. This team is just incredible, and it's led by two incredible players in Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey just getting it done. 
And let's move into this, Jay. Brock Purdy, did he lock up NFL MVP this week? Because I think he did, Jay. I know he talked about Christian McCaffrey's the MVP probably in real life, but we know that the NFL is a quarterback-driven award, so he's not going to win it. It's going to be a quarterback. Dak didn't do anything. He lost it this weekend. We'll talk about that later. I think Brock Purdy just solidified it. I don't know what the odds are. This team is incredible. I I I want to talk about Purdy from 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 a dynasty perspective. Where's he at on KTC and Jay? I did I not say. Give me my credit, Jay Rich. Did I not okay. say from the summertime on if he's the starting quarterback, he's a top twelve QB in fantasy football. People thought old GQ was batshit crazy. Ray, no way, he's not going to start over Trey Lance. He's a bum. This and that. This and that. Jay. If he were the starter, he's a top 12 quarterback. Where's Mr. Purdy on the season, Jay? You think he's top 12? Maybe a little higher than that? Where's Where's Brock Purdy on the season, Jay? On the we season, the on ESPN, he is QB 5. And on KTC, he is Dynasty quarterback 13. So still some room to go up for old Brock Purdy. But yeah, I mean, trending towards MVP, I believe he's minus 130 to minus 150 or so, depending on the book you're looking at. And Some people, people still have him around minus 115. To their ridiculous narratives that, oh, he's not that good. Oh, he's a game manager. Oh, he's, you know how many game managers are in the NFL? Of the starting 32 quarterbacks, probably 30 of them are game managers. There's probably two of them that are not. So I don't, I don't want to hear this, this, this tired, poor, excuse to sort of diminish and continue to do this with this kid i'm going to continue to scream it from the mountaintops if you've got the trevor lawrence's if you've got the justin herberts if you've got these guys i would tear down in a heartbeat to get brock purdy plus in a heartbeat and i wouldn't think twice jay i would not think twice and i'm not i am not moving anywhere off of this hill jay yeah, and, and we've talked about this incessantly. So if you've been following the programming and hopefully if you've, you've been, been listening, following the program, I mean, we've been talking about Purdy top 10. Well, I, I think I even took him over Trevor Lawrence like weeks ago, right? Just talking about what could be for Purdy. Obviously, this season has been absolutely ridiculous on a lot of fronts, but the offense itself has just been great. Um I think the biggest thing with Purdy is really just it, it comes down to is like people just don't want to believe, right? Right? They just don't want to believe that this kid can go from undrafted to MVP in two seasons, basically, because even that alone is like ridiculous to think that he wasn't even the starter coming in last year. And now he's going to be the MVP, basically. And you talked about Baltimore. And if they played Baltimore in the Super Bowl, well, guess what, Ray? Uh, Baltimore is heading to San Francisco this week. They're going to be playing on Christmas Day. So it'll be a massive game in San Francisco on Christmas Day between the Baltimore Ravens. I might have to do a nightcap and wake up. I may. Don't call so it's a big me game. on this, Jay. I may do a pre-Monday night, Christmas night, wake up. May. We'll see. Well, see, GQ's getting all a new cowboy hat for Christmas, so I may bust it out for Christmas Day. So I'm excited for that one, Jay. I did not know they were playing on Monday. Yeah, Monday Night Football. So that, that I think, would be the day that Purdy does sew it up. He plays the Dolphins and, I believe, the Steelers to close out the season. But, yeah, that big game, top two teams in each conference doing battle. If the Niners win that game, which I expect they could, then I think yeah, they would win that game. Tough. Right now, the look-ahead line, they're favored by four and a half points. It is actually swaying Baltimore's direction just a little bit right now on the line. But we're not here to talk about that too much. We're going to talk about Brock Purdy and the Niners, uh, best team in the NFL, best team in the NFC, no question asked. 
I think they should be the front runners for the Super Bowl, Ray. Do you think they can actually win it, though? Like, do you think they're going to win it this year, today? Today, yeah. Because it's such a difficult, today, such a difficult thing. Like, like, they can win it for sure. Here's the, here's the thing. They are not invincible and they're not unbeatable. And I talked about this on Friday. I said, you can run on the San Francisco 49ers. And they got, I believe, the most yards against them. I don't know the, the data, but I heard it on, on the broadcast that the Arizona Cardinals absolutely dis- dissected them on the ground, right? James Conner and DeMarcado oh, yeah. have big games on the ground. I think they went over 230-plus in that game. So you can run on the Niners, and then you can get pressure on Purdy, but can you contain legitimately four superstar weapons? And that is just a tall task for any NFL team. I want to get to the comments real quick because John asked a question right here. Uh, tear down from Lamar to Purdy. I did it in one of our Heisman leagues. I teared down off of Lamar Jack. It wasn't Lamar to Purdy. It was Lamar and a bunch of stuff to get Dak and CD. But I did trade. Who did I move off of in order to get Brock Purdy? I did make a tear down, Jay, in there, tear down, to acquire Brock Purdy and probably one of our bigger, you know, more sought after to get into Heisman leagues, our 36-team uh, relegation league where you get 12 teams ah. that get put in the relegation pool. Jay Rich is, in fact, relegated. So uh, we'll see you in a couple of years because you will not be in the money. Jay, but the, the 49ers, just an incredible team, incredible offense from a fantasy perspective, and we will continue to lean on those guys as we move forward in the playoffs. Other side of the ball, Kyler Murray, not a good game for Kyler Murray. And I've watched this. What it showed to me is their, their, their lack and their glaring need and desire and desperation for a wide receiver. Jay, do you know who their three leading pass catchers were? Three freaking tight ends, Jay Rich. Trey McBride, Elijah Higgins, and Jeff Swain, who was carted off the field. Those were the three leading pass catchers for the Arizona Cardinals. One more time, Jay. Trey McBride, who's a beast. Dynasty tight end three. Dynasty tight end three. Okay, heard it here first. Trey McBreezy, Trey McBeast, Trey McBride. Big dog. Dynasty tight end three. Trey McBride, only people I would take over. Sammy Ballgame, and TJ Hawkinson. That's it. No Kelsey, okay. no Andrews, no Kincaid, no Ferguson, Trey McBride. Absolutely close right now. Monster, Jay. 11 targets, 10 for 102. He goes up on the sideline, catches his ball, and then he does his oh. big Trey McBride oh. gorilla type thing. I love him, baby. I love me some McBride, but yet they ain't got nobody else, Jay. Those are the three leading pass catchers. They need Marvin Harrison in the worst way. What are your thoughts and feelings on Kyler moving forward? Just just after this game, down game, you still feel good about Kyler? or uh, what's, what's, what's the dynasty temperament today? I mean, Ray, he had 50 rushing yards on the game. Like, he we'll did. take that any day of the week, right? So yeah. it really just comes down to is, can they contend with the 49ers? Not really, but they had no. a great game. Like, they put up points. They ran the ball effectively on them. It was competitive. So they did do some it good things. It was competitive. It was, but this is actually something that happens a lot when the Niners play Arizona for whatever reason, it's always a game. And that's why a lot of people were betting the spread because it was like 14 points in the direction of San Francisco. Now, I don't believe they covered because it didn't quite stay close enough for that to happen. But when you look at this team, if they did get some pass catchers, obviously, if Hollywood Brown was healthy and available, it would be a pretty competent offense like Elijah Higgins. Yes, he's a tight end, but he played wide receiver at Stanford and we saw him and he's pretty good running routes. He's just a little bit too slow to be a wide receiver as a separator in the NFL, but he has ability. And obviously Trey McBride is phenomenal. If they got Marvin Harrison, Hollywood Brown, like I think Kyler will be fine. And I legitimately do trust what they're doing in Arizona. 
Obviously, the draft can be a big part of that, but what they've done so far in this first year, kind of transitioning away from what they had previously, I think they've done a really good job on offense and on defense. So if both those continue to improve, I think we should believe in Kyler right now. The question really is, is like, how high would we take him in some of these dynasty drafts? And that's the biggest thing is right now he's dynasty QB 12. So not terrible, but ahead of him, Dak, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, I mean, you could take them over those guys if you want, but so it does the, still the, feel the a little risky. for this question to be to be asked and answered, Kyler Murray or Brock Purdy, ring the bell, tell Ray uh, for this question. Hey, for me, it's Kyler Murray. I would take Kyler Murray over Brock Purdy. Really? I, I, it's it's it, but it is not as. I don't. I, I think people have got to just get this Brock Purdy thing out of their head. This situation is so conducive of fantasy success. This is do you not want this level of efficiency? Jay, he threw the ball 25 times, four touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, right? Like and he can move around. He's not a zero on the ground. What I do I the the ways in which Kyler Murray can score you fantasy points, you've got more ways to skin a cat with Kyler because when he does have a down passing game, he is capable of giving you 80 and 1 on the ground, which Brock Purdy cannot do. If he if the offense isn't clicking for whatever that day and he's not matriculating the ball through the air down the field, there's only one way for him to get to the end result, which is cracking our lineup, where Kyler's got a couple of more ways to do it. So for that reason, I would take Kyler Murray over Brock, but I don't think it's that far off. Like if if I'm sitting there and you chose Kyler Murray in front of me, Jay, and I'm stuck with Brock Purdy, I'm just I don't know why y'all asked me this. I've been telling y'all this shit since October of 2022, November of last year. I was like, they're not taking this guy off of the field. So he's much better than the community gives him credit for because we like to hang on to tired narratives. Would I rather Kyler over him? Sure. But I also, if I had Kyler Murray, Jay, I'll tell you this. If you were the one that would pay me a plus on top of my, you know, to give me Brock Purdy for my Kyler, I would do that. If you're like, Ray, I want your Kyler, I'll give you Brock Purdy plus, that's a deal that I would take. Like, it, it is it is very thin. He's incredible, Jay, and we just got to get past this shit, man. And yes, he's got McCaffrey and Deboke and all these other guys. You talk about the, 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 the quarterbacks who don't have and look how terrible they're playing. You need weapons. Everybody. There are very few true trucks out there that are about to drag whatever dog crap is hanging on the back end of the roster. So this is, um, I, I, all I can say is I, I, I've told you, I've continued to tell you, and I'm going to continue to tell you, invest in you some Brock Purdy, Jay. I think he will lock up the MVP. Like you said, probably versus the, on the Christmas day. The Ravens, if he yeah. beats, you win that game against Lamar, who should be right in it as well. You're yeah. locked and loaded. You're locked and loaded in there. Let's talk about that game really quickly, Jay. The Sunday night football game, which we thought would be a lot more exciting than it was. Pretty boring game, in Awful my opinion. Game. It was it Awful. was a it was a boring Awful. game. I know they were talking about the weather. It didn't seem like it was that impactful, Jay, but it was just a boring ass game. The Baltimore Ravens got it done in in pretty dominating fashion. Uh, that the the Jaguars just shooting themselves in the foot. T Law dropping pat dropping the ball. Out of nowhere, yeah. right? It's it's great, Trevor, and then like, oh my God, he has one of those moments every game, but Tragic. he made it through the game unscathed. They couldn't run the ball on Baltimore, which we thought it would be tough. None of the pass catchers did anything. The other side of the ball, the only player that did anything for you if you started him was Isaiah Likely. That was it. 
That was it. Nobody else. Zay Flowers absolutely crapped the bed for you. OBJ, nothing. Rashad Bateman out of nowhere blows up all of my parlays because I had under two and a half receptions. Somehow he gets the first two of the game and ends up with three. Just Vegas just knows I can't stand him for that. Gus Edwards, who nobody started because we thought it was all Keaton Mitchell. Gus Edwards snaps going down. Uh, he had 58 yards and a touchdown. And then L. Jax did have 100 yards on the ground and 171, one touchdown, one interception through the air. So if you started him, you were pretty good there. What were the big fantasy takeaways from this one, Jay? Besides the fact that Baltimore are now uh, eleven and three, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, are tied in record with the Houston Texans at eight and six. Not good for Jacksonville and the who, Titans. And, well, uh, well, the Titans are eliminated from playoff contention. Titans are officially eliminated. That I believe they, they were are? eliminated. I believe they were eliminated officially. No, but they're in, with a, their they're in a three way. They're in a three way tie right now. I, but aren't they? I think I'm I'm almost positive that Tennessee, based on who they've lost to, they're eliminated from the playoffs. I heard that on the broadcast that they were out. I was very vested in that Houston game because I had a lot of Singletary going. Oh no, it's the Colts. It's the Colts they're tied with. Sorry, yeah, I was gonna bad. say I think Tennessee's out. I don't think Tennessee's up there. So this is tough for Jacksonville. So it's a it's a three way race for that AFC South. Jay, any big takeaways from this Baltimore Jacksonville game from you? I think really it's just the Baltimore defense a little bit. I mean, we already knew they were really strong, but they did show out against a pretty solid opponent. I mean, especially in the first half, you look at the way Jacksonville moved the ball. They had a lot of success, and obviously Trevor Lawrence hit a big bomb to Jamal Agnew, but outside of that, they didn't really move the ball very effectively. Trevor obviously made a few mistakes. I think this is just what you get with Trevor Lawrence. Sometimes he's great. Sometimes he's awful. Um, You know, I don't really have a comparison to it, but it's kind of how I think I expected Zach Wilson to play when he came into the NFL, right? Like some phenomenal moments where you're like, oh my God, he's so good. And then some moments where you're like, what the hell is he doing out there? And it's kind of the give and take with T-Law. I don't know what you thought about the Ridley, not a touchdown, sort of a touchdown. It was a touchdown. I didn't think it was a touchdown. I thought but it was a TD. I didn't think it was Jay, clear wanna... and obvious, but I think that would have saved T-Law's day and probably a lot of people in fantasy football if he did score that touchdown. I want to hit the chat up for a minute, man. There's some good, some good dialogue. Wake up, fam, doing a good job this morning. Uh, I got a couple right here. Permafrost seventy seven. Shout out to Permafrost is in there every damn Monday, every Friday. He said, "Give me Purdy over Kyler all day." I don't, I don't disagree. Half day. He said the same thing. Purdy over Kyler. Purdy gets free, free CMC points. A lot of people are on that. I don't dis. I don't disagree at all, at all with that one. Uh, Jacob said it's about roster construction. I feel if your roster calls for upside games, then Kyler. If you need a consistent QB in your super flex spot, then Purdy. And we keep saying that about him. Yeah, he's consistent, but he's got. J- how many? How many weeks in a row he's had three plus touchdown passes? Tell me that's not upside. Uh, six weeks, I'm pretty sure. How is that he not has upside? Three plus. Right. It's it's our antiquated thinking that because he's not this dual threat dynamic runner that he doesn't possess this upside but when you're going out there and you're giving me three four touchdown passes a week jay i don't know how much more upside you can get than that in the nfl dude like that is the upside we've got I mean, one Ray, right the, here the funny things so if you want some additional information right 3800 yards second in passing yards first in touchdowns and first in qbr so like you can't pass the ball any better than Brock Purdy is passing the ball. How much more up do you need him to go? So you don't, there's, there is no better than that. Throw for eight, nine touchdowns a game to really prove to me that you're a legitimate core. I mean, he's giving you three, four every single week, Jay Rich, and you know what he's not doing? He's not turning the ball over. 
Yep. There's no more upside than that. There's no more upside than that. Gavin said Purdy or Stroud. Jay Rich, Purdy. Here's the thing. Stroud's worth oh. more. Give me more value in C.J. Stroud. Give me more value in C.J. Stroud. But they're probably going to put up similar points. Which And you would pay less for Brock Purdy than paying. What did Scott not do on that show? Uh, Stroud went top four in a startup. Yeah, and Brock he's, Purdy was there at the back of the right second. Now. Back of the second round. So... So to be fair to Stroud, right? He's averaging 18.7 points Stroud's per game um, on ESPN scoring, and Birdie's only at 19.7. That doesn't count this week yet, but they're very, very close. They're and, close. You know, I think I think the thing that people are almost not realizing is they play in the same offense. So if you give them similar weapons, they're probably going to put up similar numbers. And obviously, we do like Stroud a lot. So with you know Nico Collins potentially adding weapons and Tank Dell, I think they would be putting up very similar numbers in terms of production. So obviously, the big difference, Christian McCaffrey, right? Well, and, and here's the thing. So everybody was getting on me. Ray, you're disrespecting Andrews. Andrews not in your top three. The disrespect, Ray, my goodness. And then five minutes later, Isaiah Likely is him. Likely, likely. He's awesome. <laughs> Wait a damn minute, man. Hold on a second. It's no disrespect to Mark Andrews, but you see what's happening inside the offense with Isaiah Likely. It looks very similar to when Mark Andrews was on the field. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not Andrews, Mark Andrews is dope. Give me the 23-year-old, 24-year-old. That's all I'm saying. I mean, McBride is essentially what Andrews was a couple of years ago. So just give me a little bit of the age, but it ain't no disrespect on Mark Andrews. No disrespect. Uh, Calvin McBride Ridley is gone. younger than Dalton yeah. uh, We got one right here, Jay. Jake Browning over Trevor Lawrence rest of the season. How do you feel about that? I saw that in the comments somewhere. Somebody said, here it is, Jimbo. Browning, T-Law, rest of the season. What do you think? Oh, I mean, I really have to see the schedule. Um, no. I don't know if right we want to get into Jake gut. Browning. I, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence because I think that he they need to play and they need to play well and win games. But, I mean, so does Cincinnati. The problem for me with Jake Browning, Ray, and, and we can get into that game as well. Obviously, like, phenomenal game one. Jamar Chase is probably not going to play. That's a big problem, right? He still played well, got the ball to Tyler Boyd. T. Higgins was obviously doing ridiculous things out there, but he is still a backup quarterback, and I'm still waiting for the wheels to fall off. It was supposed to happen with Joe Flacco this week, but Joe Flacco threw the perfect pass to Amari Cooper, and what do you know? Touchdown. I just don't trust him. I don't know how you can trust him right now, especially in the playoffs. Like, obviously, there's a lot of quarterbacks hurt. You have to trust somebody. But I think I would probably still roll with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but it's very difficult. It's very difficult to just say, yeah, I'm rolling with Jake it's Browning too, for the rest of the season. It's two different conversations. It's from a dynasty value perspective, which one holds more real value and more ADV? And for y'all that don't know what ADV is, that's artificial dynasty value. Which one holds what people think is value and you can move and extract and which one is going to produce for you. And I think from a production standpoint, what Jake Browning is doing is probably going to be very similar to what Jake, th this, the, the passing attack, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you have Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram and maybe Christian Kirk being down is a problem, but it doesn't feel like they've got the alpha on the outside to make life easier for Trevor Lawrence. And it just goes to show you how every quarterback needs somebody to depend on. Every quarterback, man. Very few guys can just drag dog shit along with them and make it happen. But I don't want to talk about that game, Jay. I want to talk about the Washington Commanders 
and the Los Angeles Rams. I want to talk about the Rams and the Commanders because Jay was just fantasy goodness all over the place in this matchup. My goodness. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, back looking like the Cooper Cup that we know and love. Puka Nakua was out there. Kyron Williams. Jay, what I tell you, RB3 in the class, man. You know, those Ray GQ <laughs> film grades. All I'm saying is y'all y'all ripped me to pieces when he didn't play right away. And he where came those, down to where the Where was he in the gave, final grade? Gave though? you 27, 152, and one, baby. And then he gave you five cheap receptions. Get for all the misses, which ain't many. It ain't many. Give your boy. I am. Who's the hit maker in the in the music industry, man? Old Jermaine Dupree, Timberland, caught Scott Storch. That's who I am, baby. Because I'm Scott dropping Storch? hits left. Scott, I'm uh, I'm dating. Dude, y'all. how old are you? I'm 37 years old, baby. I'm 37 years old. Scott Storch was at the top of his game he was. when he was in the he music was. industry. Don't do me, dog. Don't do me, Jay. But Kyron Williams, 27, 152, and one. You talk about CMC carrying you. This dude helped carry you as well. Cooper Cup did his yeah. thing. Puka, five for 50, did his thing. And Matthew Stafford, 258 and two, showing why he's a Hall of Famer. Some of the throws that he made, my God, Jay. I mean, he's just standing there, flat-footed, tight-assed, and throwing his sidearm, dimes to Tyler Higby. I mean, he's just incredible. And I'm watching Stafford. I'm thinking, shit, we wrote him off. This is in the end for Matthew Stafford. You know, Kelly was in there saying too much of that black rap music. We need some of that good old wholesome country. Stafford might be in that room again, man. Stafford might be playing again, Jay. He looks good. Other side of the ball. We've been, it's been trending this way, unfortunately, for the past five, six weeks. I how long have I said I think Washington just killed Sam Sam Howell's arm? I think they just yeah. I think it's just dead. I truly think Sam Howell, I, I've I've Quoted saying this, I think he's done. I think they killed his arm. They had him throwing the ball way too much early to be that young. His first year starter, they put Jacoby Brissett in, and he looked better than Sam Howell did so all good. game. All game. I mean, Brissett comes in there, fresh arm, live arm, knows the offense. Two touchdowns for Jacoby Brissett. Chris Rodriguez led the led the team in rush attempts. Antonio Gibson did nothing for you if you needed him. He did absolutely nothing. But Terry McLaurin, six for 141, one touchdown. Curtis Samuel, five receptions, 41 yards, two touchdowns. You didn't start Terry, I mean, you didn't start Curtis Samuel, so nobody caught those points. No yeah. one started Jacoby Brissett. This was a fun game, though, but it does feel like the Sam Howell ride is over, Jay Rich. Yeah, it's a problem, right? Because we were riding Sam Howell a lot because he was great for fantasy. And we kind of saw this trend happening. The, the wheels were starting to fall off. Things were not going so well for old Sam Howell. And it does seem like Jacoby said probably should get the last few you know starts of the year. And to be fair to him, he was great for Terry McLaurin. We've been waiting for Terry McLaurin to get hyper-targeted. And what does Jacoby Brissett do? Like first or second play, bombs into Terry McLaurin right away. And he scores a touchdown and then almost scores another touchdown. So... I mean, I'm happy for McLaurin because I do have him on a few rosters that I desperately needed him on, and I hope he continues to start. But I think the biggest takeaway really is is that like this Washington offense can be good for fantasy. It's just it needs the right personnel in and at the quarterback position. And I think it can be great. Like everyone's kind of like, oh, Terry McLaurin's done. We can't trust him in Washington. I think that there is a world where this Washington offense can be great for fantasy. It's just, it needs to have the right quarterback at the helm. And Jacoby Brissett kind of showed that because when he's throwing the ball to Terry McLaurin, like every quarterback who has any sense should be doing, 
he's great and it's going to be great for fantasy but when you're not doing that and you're throwing the ball to a bunch of nobodies like Byron Pringle and Logan Thomas yeah sure they're fine but they don't need seven eight targets a game you need to get your ball to your playmakers and the only guy who didn't really get the ball was Jahan Dotson but it was great to see Terry McLaurin have a resurgence and obviously was great to see Cooper Cup running wide open for a touchdown Puka Nakua I've just been alerted 77 catches, 1,100 yards, getting closer. He's just, I, I, asked, he's I said he'd get to 1,100. 1,163, actually, so he's he only 1,100. He's on, he's on track to get to that 1,300 yards for, from a rookie perspective. We've got some more comments, Jay. Uh, clearly, old GQ is a little old. Leo says, get with the time. Metro booming is who I'm looking for. Metro booming is who I'm looking for. But I got some reinforcements. Scott Storr still producing <laughs> hits. Amstel54, shout out to you, said, I cut Kyron last season. Got to be patient sometimes. I'll say this. Can't blame you for that, though. I, I can't blame you for cutting him, right? This is one of the things that Scott Connor always talks about, any running back on a 53. The moment that Kyron Williams was activated or designated to be a part of this team, he should have been picked up. Shouldn't have been on waivers. Despite the, If we haven't learned anything this NFL season, this fantasy season, running backs are going down. And the backups are going to get opportunities. And there's a chance, Jay, that the backup to the backup is going to get opportunities. So going into next yep. season, if you're seeing camp reports that this is the RB2, just pick them up. Just pick them up early and let it let the season play out. You can get in and get out of players, but don't stick to old draft take biases that we had back in February or March. Ah, Kyron's no good. He ran a 4-6. It doesn't matter, man. I'm watching Rashad White run, Jay. I, I, I think good. I could beat Rashad right right now in a foot race. I mean, he looks like he's running through mud every attempt, but you know what? Doesn't matter. He's getting open. He's finding ways to get to the end zone. If they're on the field, if they're playing, if they're getting opportunity, screw whatever your favorite draft analyst said months ago. Get them off waivers. Get them in your lineup. Get them rostered, you know? So I'm not going to blame you for cutting him in the moment. You didn't want to hold an asset that was uh, that was giving you a complete zero, but going into the season, he should have been rostered from the summertime on. He should. Kyron Williams should have been rostered, Jay, no doubt about it. No Tyreek well, Hill, no problem, Jay, for the Miami Dolphins. No Tyreek Hill, no problem. They took down the Jets, and uh, they just beat them down. I mean, it was 30-0. to zero. Everyone, everyone was projecting and predicting it to be a close game. The Jets might win the game. There's no way Tua can operate without Tyreek. And he was 21 for 24, 224, one touchdown. Jalen Waddle went berserk, eight for 142. Long plays left and right, touchdown. Raheem Mostert, not a lot from a rushing perspective. The Jets are very tough to run against, but he did get two short touchdown runs. Devon Achan did play in the game, finished the game unscathed, but he didn't do anything from a fantasy production standpoint. We already knew Brees Hall would do nothing, and he did exactly what he thought he would do. Another six, seven carries, 10, 11 yards on the ground. Didn't catch the ball this week. Garrett Wilson did nothing. If you started any Jet, we told y'all Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson were startable. They were not. If you started any Jet, you pretty much got a zero. They did nothing. Zach Wilson was removed from the game. Trevor Simeon was inserted in the game. He was terrible. The Jets are terrible. Aaron Rodgers could come back. Maybe he does just to win the award and get people talking about him. But there's not a lot to take away from this game. Jay, what say you? Um, do I get to victory lap Tua not being very good because he wasn't even a he top twelve quarterback this week? He was twenty one for four. He was. You know who outscored him this week, Ray? Russell Wilson, who I believe I said I would take over Tua. You said it was you very close. Yeah, you did. But you did. 
the big thing, obviously, it was Raheem Mostert. That's the only reason why two had a bad game was because of Raheem Mostert. It was great to see Jalen Waddle um, get all the targets he got, right? Because obviously he's the only member of the offense. He had a phenomenal game. He blew up. Uh, this is what we're waiting for in a lot of ways with Waddle is that Tyreek's out. Okay, Waddle, show your worth, right? Show the reason why people have you as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, why we believe that you can be an elite dynasty asset. And I think this will do good for his dynasty value heading into the offseason as well. But we'll see when Tyree comes back. How does he look? Big game this week, though, Ray. Your Dallas Cowboys head to Miami for a date with the Miami Dolphins. Could see a lot of points and a lot of yards. I think Waddle could be another guy who, again, as the secondary option in this team, if Tyreek is back, has a big game because they're going to need him this week. So I'm excited. I think that Waddle putting stacking together some good games could be great for his dynasty value. And Tua, obviously, while his total wasn't great, he was great this week, right? So it was just the fact that he didn't throw two touchdowns, basically. But that's always going to be the case for any quarterback. You throw one touchdown, you're probably not going to be great for fantasy. He threw his touchdown. He got his 225 yards and got a big win against the Jets. So good for Miami to get that big win. Yeah, Jay. Um, I don't really know if there's anything else to say from this one. The Jets are bad. Do you think Aaron Rodgers plays? Do you think he... Do you think he steps on the field just for self-serving reasons? You think he does? Ray, Ray, I think he is, again, I think he's selfish enough to want to get on the field. Because now the Jets are eliminated, right? They're eliminated completely from the playoffs. Yeah, Jets are out. Jets are out. Jets are out. So there's no no reason for him to play. But they have no quarterback because Zach may not play. But right, he he was legit practicing last week. Like if he, he was on the injury report as a limited participant in practice on Thursday and Friday, I believe. Yeah. So if he practices in full this week, there's no reason for him not to play, unless of course you know it's because they're out, whatever. But it does seem like he's been working so hard to get back and prove to people he can get back. Like, why not just come back and play? Right, even if it's meaningless from a result standpoint, I think it'd be very interesting to see him come on the field and play. I think it would, I think he does want to play at this point. And if he does, is he going to win comeback player of the year? If he takes one snap, does he get comeback player of the year? I don't know. His I odds think he should drastically on DK. They went down, but they're like, back up now. They're back so, up. So it's crazy. People who weren't paying attention to this, because I, I am am invested in this heavily. So I'm I'm, I've been tracking too. this a lot financially. Yo, financially, yes, of course. They were at one point fifty to one. They were yes. at one point even one fifty to one. Correct. When he said he wasn't coming back, on DK they dropped down to plus four fifty ahead of game time because they thought he was coming back because of practice, all this other stuff. Now they're around twenty to one, thirty to one, depending on where you look. So they're back up again. Part of it is Jets being out, but we're gonna see. He's probably gonna be on McAfee on Tuesday. At which point we should know if he's coming back or not because he has to be on the active roster by Wednesday. So keep that in mind. Look out for those reports Tuesday, Wednesday-ish. That's when we should know whether or not he's going to be playing or at least on the active roster. But I think he does want the award. I think he wants the first player to come back from an Achilles in the same season accolade that nobody's ever done. He just feels like that kind of person. Jay, what does this comment say? Can you read this comment out? What's this one? We're just going to... We're just going to... I feel like talking about all my hits today. Come on. Ray, you called it on Rashad mm. White. You said he could have a Le'Veon Bell improvement after his rookie year. Leo Scott, 2023. He's good. He he helped he helped you advance in the fantasy playoffs. I wish I had me some more Rashad White, Jay. Let's get to the Dallas game, Jay. Let's just get to it. Dallas clinch playoffs, which is most important. We are in the playoffs. That is the most important thing possible. <laughs> Dak lost the MVP and Dallas got embarrassed. 
Dallas was embarrassed. And I'll just say this. I'm going to talk about it on Bleach Report today. Make sure y'all are there. 2 p.m. Central Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jay, this loss was very problematic, but we're not here to get into the football stuff. We're here to talk fantasy. But from a football perspective, this was a very concerning loss. Dallas got footwood in them in the worst way possible. Let me tell you why. There were no bombs down the field. There were no trick plays. There were no reverses. There were no long touchdowns. They got beat. Football 101. If you've got kids out there that play football, Pop Warner, little kid football, peewee football, you have experience playing in high school or college or maybe professional, the first thing that you learn when you play football is how to run the ball. The first play is goddamn dive right up the middle. Establish it. Toss play. Establish it. I thought it was damn LaDainian Tomlinson out there. I mean, of all the people to ruin my Sunday, it had to be James freaking Cook. Of all the people, Jay, of all the people, James Cook comes back to haunt me because he looked like LT. That is Dynasty RB1 right there. If he's going to do that every single week, there's your Dynasty RB1. They put foot in Dallas in the worst way possible. Josh Allen didn't even have to throw the damn ball. Run, 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 run. They put too high over the top. Dak couldn't find anybody down the field. They can't run the ball. Dak can't throw the ball. If you started Dak Prescott or Tony Pollard or Brandon Cooks or Jake Ferguson, they didn't get it done for you. CeeDee Lamb saved the day with some grabs and a touchdown run. But other than that, that was about as embarrassing and as problematic of a loss as I've seen. And I know a lot of people, oh, I'm not concerned. Not a big deal. Damn it, I am. Because what did I say on Friday, Jay? Did I not say Jonathan Hankins being out is a problem? Did I not say that? Yeah, you did say that. I said I'm concerned about the run. And they ran it right up Dallas's backside. You know that gif from South Park? Where the train is ramming into the into the cave, <laughs> yeah, the wall. just ramming, just jamming it in there, right? No kind of rainwater on that train to help it slide in a little easier. Just dry, cold metal up the backside of the Dallas Cowboys. It was a problem, Jay. It was absolutely problematic, and I am concerned if we don't find somebody in the middle that can plug up that. You know, who we got next week Devon Achan and Raheem Mostert. We got to deal yeah. with that. Let alone the outside weapons. You got to deal with that. This was a problematic loss for the Dallas Cowboys. And from a fantasy perspective, because Dallas was so awful at stopping the run, Josh Allen didn't have to throw the ball. Dak couldn't throw the ball. This was not a great fantasy scoring game. Diggs didn't do anything. Gabe Davis, nothing. Dalton Kincaid, nothing. Cooks, nothing. Dak, nothing. Pollard, very little. It was CeeDee Lamb, James Cook. Other than that, what a disappointment. And the Dallas Cowboys are dropping significantly in my power rankings. I'm an objective Cowboys fan. This was a concerning loss, Jay. Yeah, but we're not here to talk about the NFL. We were talking about fantasy football. Um, yeah, you put it perfectly. There's nothing for me to say, really. Uh, Jake Ferguson was actually okay. He had six receptions, 44 yeah, he yards, fine. which he was fine. I'm good that, enough that's a little, that's as a, a tight end, right? From you, boy. But he but, was fine. Uh, yeah, it's not looking so good for you after you talked a lot of smack about James Cook in the offseason, about how he's not a real running back. You just don't see it. Um, pretty sure you killed me on a show for drafting James Cook in an underdog draft as well. But yeah, he's been great. Over 100 yards and a touchdown in three of four. Um, so he's been honestly just balling right now. 
I'm excited for what we're seeing from James Cook. I think that the transition over to Joe Brady has obviously been phenomenal for him. That's the tipping point, right? You look at where James Cook started to succeed. It was when Joe Brady took over and started running the offense. And so now they're running through the, they're going through the running back. When you have a game and you win by 20 plus points and Josh Allen throws the ball 15 times, that's a recipe for success in Buffalo. And I think more importantly, that's a recipe for success in the playoffs. The biggest issue, I think, when you look at the way Buffalo has played in the past is like, yes, they are a great team and they can throw the ball at will, but that's not necessarily how you win in the playoffs, right? When you're going to have to go to Cincinnati, go to Kansas City, play a home game in Buffalo, which they're probably not going to have to do, it's more difficult to win when all you do is throw the ball. So having a James Cook, even Latavius Murray, who was more than capable, Ty Johnson was good, Josh Allen ran the ball when he had to, like, this is what makes them so scary is if you're a, a two seed or a three seed and you got to play Buffalo in the first round, yeah. you should be absolutely crapping your pants because they are firing at all cylinders and playing, honestly, as one of the best teams in football. And that's with a defense that is banged up and hurt and missing pieces and still kicked the crap out of the Cowboys. So I think, you know, look at what Buffalo is doing, what Dallas is doing, obviously trending opposite directions. But Dak on the road has been the biggest problem this season. Yes, he's played the Eagles. He's played the 49ers. He's now played the Bills all on the road. Now, he did lose to Arizona. And then he did go to the Giants where they beat them by 40. He didn't have to do anything. But this road Dak, if he doesn't figure it out in Miami, that's going to be a big problem because they need to win that game now. They need to win it badly. They do come home and play Detroit Week 17. Well, they're already in the but playoffs. it's a big game. I mean, they're in the playoffs, and here's the thing. I don't believe they have any shot at the division. The division is a wrap for Dallas now. There is no if shot Philly wins, yeah. at if Philly winning wins today, the NFC East. So over. they are pretty much locked into the 6-7 seed, 5-6-5 five. Five five seed, regardless of how this plays out. So uh, they just need to Which get it together. And I, and I will just say I am firing up. All Dolphins fire. I mean, not that you weren't, but I mean, I, I am firing them up with full confidence. If I'm Mike McDaniel, would in you Miami, start HN? That's I'm starting. I mean, we'll get to it. I'm starting all of them because if I'm Miami, I'm running it right at Dallas, right up the gut. They cannot stop the run. Hankins being out, Mozzie Smith is a bust. The linebackers are not good. I'm running it right down their throat, Jay. Let's get to a game and talk about your boy, Jay. Oh, and I we've been saying this about? for weeks. Nobody, Jay, and I mean nobody, loses games in more spectacular fashion than who? Jordan Richards. Then who? Who then loses Justin Fields. games more in, in spectacular? spectacular fashion nobody jay loses games like justin was it fields. his fault this time though nobody loses games <laughs> like justin fields and my god a hail mary at the end that darnell Mooney has on his butt on the ground and can't secure it jumped up on him it's nervous i get you nobody loses games like justin fields the chicago bears downed 20 to 17 versus cleveland in an awful yet wildly entertaining game, Flacco was awful. Just five was interceptions terrible. in this game, Jay Rich. Five interceptions. We had one fumble loss. Justin Fields coughed it up a couple of times. And somehow Cleveland escapes. And not only do they escape, Joe Flacco's going to finish his damn a top 10 quarterback. Amari Cooper goes off. Chief Njoku, my goodness, after getting burnt up in a fire, he's out there just mossing folks left and right, Jay. The Cleveland Browns win again, 9-5. and five. And Cincinnati Bengals fans, as good as they're playing, Jay, the problem is the, the, North, or the North isn't getting three teams in. 
The North didn't get no. three teams in. Got Baltimore eleven and three. Cleveland nine and five. They put this this Bears team out of their playoff misery, I believe. And then really looking at Justin Fields, Jay, is this it for him? Nineteen for forty, one touchdown, two interceptions for Justin Fields. Didn't even run the ball well. Was this the nail in the coffin for the Justin Fields in Chicago long term story saga? Or can he salvage this thing rest of the way with them being out of playoff contention? I think it very well could be. Now, they have the Cardinals, they have the Falcons, they have the Packers. Three winnable, winnable games, winnable right? Games. But, this, but this game was winnable, too. This That's game was the biggest winnable. problem. They had this game in the bag. And this is where, when you look at Matt Eberflus, and I've been saying, I think he's been improving. I think he deserves to keep his job. Losing a game like this in spectacular fashion where all you had to do was make a couple plays. All you have to do is not let Amari Cooper catch a ball between your cover two defense and run down the sideline between your three defenders for a game-saving touchdown. Then to have Joe Flacco come down, like, he threw three picks in this game, and you didn't win. You were leading 17-7 to in the fourth quarter, and all you had to do was run the ball out, make computer, complete a, first, a few passes, get a couple first downs, and you're probably going to win this game. And you let them back into the game, and that falls on the head coach, and it falls on the starting quarterback. And when those things happen, people get fired, man. And this is what happens. And so I don't think they can salvage it at this point. Again, they have some winnable games coming up. Maybe they finish the season 7-10, and 8-9, and whatever. But the way this team played against Cleveland, I understand they have a great defense. But this game was a game that they had to have a winnable game to keep their jobs. And they fucked it up. They lost it. So there you go. That's it. Leo said, I guess you can say Njoku rose from the ashes. Too far. Stop it, Leo. Stop it. Even though I'm the one who said he got burnt up in the fire. Njoku's been awesome, man. He has been absolutely dominant. Everyone's like, oh, the two interceptions Jonah's were on. talking about Tanyan, too. Yeah, and one and of them Tanyan, wasn't even a pick. One of them had bounced. Here's the, I, here's the thing, man. We don't do that for anybody else. You know, We don't do that for any other quarterback. The almost could have had. You know how many could have beens were there for quarterback? Like, it's what ends up happening at the end of the day, right? Yes, Tanyan dropped a wide-open bomb, but this stuff, Dak missed a wide-open Brandon Cooks right down the field. Like, it didn't happen, yeah. right? It did The, the what-could-have-beens and the should-have-beens, and, and I just, where I sit today, Jay, my opinion, outside of fantasy la-la land, I don't, I don't know if any team that may trade for him hands him the keys to a starting job. Like, I just don't know. I, I feel like he's going it's to tough. have to earn that at some at some point. He's done very little throughout his career. Yes, he scores a lot of fantasy points, but winning games, he's done. he has not done a lot. So for me to believe that he's just going to be handed a starting gig somewhere, I don't know, Jay. I, I just we've, we've seen it happen, though. Like, Baker I, got a job. Sam Darnold got I'm a job, right? I don't know about him getting that opportunity out the gate. I don't know. I would like yeah. for it to happen, but I've seen little level of consistent passing to make me believe that that happens, man. I just I just haven't seen it, yeah. Jay Rich. I haven't seen it. I hope for the best, but I don't know, man. I truly just I don't know where to go with that one, Jay. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, He's been bad. Jay Rich. We're talking about coaches being fired. Matt Eberflus, all this other stuff. Come on. We're waiting. Was this the nail waiting. in the coffin for the Atlanta Falcons and Arthur Smith, who lost on the road 
to the Carolina Panthers, who did not even score an offensive touchdown, Jay. They didn't even score a touchdown in the game. And I'm not going to lie to you. That interception by Desmond Ritter, my God. I mean, he's playing. One of the worst I've ever seen. He's playing <laughs> decent given the conditions, right? He's playing yeah. decent. Up, I don't know. He must have an account with prize picks, underdogs, somebody. Because when he gets into the red zone, Jay, it's going to be a turn. There's no doubt about it. One thing's for certain, two things for show. Sun's going to rise in the morning. You're going to pay taxes at the end of the year. And the Atlanta Falcons in the red zone, Desmond Ritter will turn that son of a bitch over. Those are the only three certainties in life with death coming a close fourth, depending on your religious beliefs. You might live a little longer. But Desmond Ritter in the red zone, Jay, an awful interception. And what does Bryce Young do? He takes 42 minutes, but he drives it 87 yards down the field for an Eddie yeah. Pinheiro go-ahead, walk-off, game-winning field goal. And I'll give Bryce Young some credit because we've beat up on the young man so much this season. The final drive from Carolina was surgical. It was a surgical Bryce Young vintage Alabama-type drive from them at the end to win it. And inside of this game, Jay, you would think, you would think, Jay, let me just uh, think that with wind and rain and cold and bad offense and a bad quarterback, you just might use the guy you spent the top 10 pick on. Oh, no, 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 Jay. Bijan Robinson was backup Bijan because Tyler Algier got all the damn work, all the work. Bijan dropping passes, fumbling the ball, just parked yeah, the on the fumble bench. Did him in. You get to the red zone, you think just maybe they'll hand it to Bijan. Cordell Patterson, baby. Touchdown. CPAT gets in the end zone. Jay, Arthur Smith, man. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing, Jay? How Wait, much we're not longer? doing anything. Does he keep his job? We're talking about Staley and does Arthur Smith keep his job? I think he does. I think he does, Jay. I bet you he so, keeps his job. We'll see, right? Colts this week. Do you think they're going to win that game? Probably not. Probably. But prob you never probably, know. They're at, ho they they're at home, though. Be Somehow they will they're win. They're at home. They'll, they're at home. Ritter will throw so we got a Ritter game. Win. Yep. Then you got at the Bears, right? We just talked about the Bears. Bears got to win some games Somehow to keep win their that jobs. Game. They will win. They got to go Somehow. to Chicago on Christmas Eve or uh, New Year's Eve. A they'll miracle. probably win that game. A and then they got to play the Saints, so they'll probably lose to the Saints. But the big thing with Smith is like, I don't think he's getting fired because they're not going to lose all these games. Like, they're not going to lose out and lose five straight. If they do that, then he's probably fired. But I don't think that's going to happen. To your point about Bijan, he did play 59% uh, of snaps. So he played 30 snaps, Algier 25, CPAT 14. The craziest, Ray, is four tight ends played 30% of snaps in this game with Pitts being the leader at 67%. Um, Drake London did his thing out there. He uh, ran a lot of routes and uh, didn't catch any passes. <laughs> no surprise to anybody. I tried to tell you guys, you don't want to play said, Pitts. Yeah. You don't want to pay London. But people said, oh, Carolina, oh, the defense. It's like, no, I dude, said this start team Kyle is Pitts. terrible. I said you start Pitts, and he didn't do anything he was either. Right? He didn't good enough, right? Good enough for Kyle Pitts. Three for 37. Points. We don't expect yeah. any more than that anyways. Yeah. The usage of Bijan was obviously confusing. The fumble it's definitely didn't help his case. It's But it no, is what it is. It's it what happens. It ain't confusing. They've been doing this. How many times does the team have to do the same thing for you to believe what they're telling you? It's not confusing. Yeah. It's not shocking. It's not surprising. 
This is what they've done all year. Outside of a handful of games, it's been a 60-40, 50-50, 50-40-10 split all season long. We're in week 15. What's confusing about it? What is confusing anymore? It's, it's not what we want, but it shouldn't be a shock. If you're sitting back today, oh, man, I started Bijan. He didn't score. Your damn fault. Your fault. They've been doing what it all season do? long. What are you going to do, right? You, I get it. I get do? it. But it's the you have to have your level of expectation set, Jay. Like you gotta know, right? You've got just think about this, man. If you hopefully my wife doesn't watch this part of the show, but just think <laughs> about your favorite star, right? And you get one shot. You get one shot. Yes. The expectation level is probably you're going to underperform. You just know going into it, you're excited. You're probably not going to put on your best effort. Not on the first grip. I'll get you on round two. You should have known. You should have known what you were going to get out of Bijan Robinson. And it doesn't mean that Bijan sucks. I, I don't think anybody in the world believes that he stinks. Absolutely not. But this is what they do. Trust and believe what the teams are telling you. And Jay, here's the thing. If they go forward with Arthur Smith next year, I don't know how much more things change. I don't. No, nothing's changing. I don't know how much it changes because this is who Arthur Smith is. And I'm going to ask you again, Jay Rich, right now you're on the dynasty clock and you need a running back and you got Jameer Gibbs and B. John Robinson staring at you. You have to take Jameer Gibbs, but it's not because... He's the ugh, well. He might be the better player, to be fair. But the answer is why Jameer is, Gibbs. Let me just. Why isn't he? It's, he's so. My, I was gonna bring that Dude, up actually. You say Jay, that Bijan is good, but he really hasn't ball, been that good. Does it not look different every time he gets the? Yeah, but you're comparing him to David Montgomery, and David Montgomery is kind of slow, and so Jameer Gibbs looks really fast. Oh. So you want to you want to diminish Gibbs next to Monty and say that he's playing next to Monty? Who is Bijan playing next to? No, I, I'm not saying I, you're saying he looks different. I'm like well, he does because he's different. a lot he faster does. than Dave Montgomery is, Come and on, that man. definitely helps. Stop. But he's bad. He's really good. He's 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 a phenomenal running back. I'm not sure how you balance the absence of touches versus what should be. Secure touches for Bijan. Obviously, that hasn't come to fruition. Only 17 carries the past two weeks combined. But as well, Ray, he doesn't have a carry over 10 yards the last two weeks, which is a problem. He hasn't been over three and a half yards a carry in the past three weeks. So, well, yes, he's struggling and the offense is struggling and doesn't help that Ritter sucks. I don't know if Bijan has been this game breaker either, right? So your point about Gibbs just beyond like the talent aspect and the touches and the offense and the quality of the team, like everything is in favor of Gibbs, including the production and the way they're utilized. And even at this point, almost the touches, which is crazy because he's playing with Dave Montgomery. So you have to take Gibbs. But I mean, at some point, Bijan has to get the ball again. At some point, he has to. And maybe it's not going to happen. And I would totally accept that. The issue for me is like, I don't really want to draft Bijan. I don't really want him on my teams. I probably wouldn't have him on any roster. I would go another direction. But at some point, he's a value. The question is, is like, where is that in a draft? And are you willing to pull that trigger if Arthur Smith is the their, their head coach next season? Damn near identical, Jay. They're, they're, I mean, Bijan yeah, has, be. I think, Bijan don't play eight more rushing yards than Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs has more receptions, yeah. and Bijan has 
about 40 more receiving yards. He's got three receiving touchdowns to Gibbs' one. Gibbs has got seven rushing to Bijan's four. This 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 notion that he is head Two and shoulders above. Situations. I don't. I, now you and here's the thing: you put Bijan in Detroit, he probably looks like Gibbs. He probably he's, he's Saquon doing, Barkley. He's like, Saquon Barkley. He's Gibbs. But yeah. this is the situation that he's in. And yeah, what's and, you and, have to and let me just this is my final point to this, Jay. Have we not been doing this with Atlanta, with Pitts and London the past two years under Arthur Smith? Yeah. And the same thing keeps happening. Three years now with Kyle Insanity, Pitts in there, right? And yeah, he had a good rookie year, but oh man, maybe to get better for Pitts in London, it hasn't. And we're doing the same thing now. Maybe to get better with Bijan. If Arthur Smith is there, Jay, if Arthur Smith is there, and I shall. Just, Ray, just, just go back on the Destination Debbie feed and listen to me break down the Atlanta Falcons offense because exactly how I broke it down is exactly how it's playing out. And it's not going to change. It's not going to oh, change. Man, if There'll you be get multiple Bijan tight ends, two, multiple running backs. Jacob, if you get Bijan for two seconds, I mean, hell yeah, I'm doing that. Like, and not even, not even yeah, thinking no about doing it. That, though. Not, not even thinking twice about it, Jay. Quickly, a couple of quick games that I just want to recap really quickly, Jay. The Colts did beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 30 to 13. Zach Moss got banged up in that one. Trey Sermon and Tyler Goodson, if they're on waivers, you pick them up this week. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, Jay. Honestly, realistically, dude. I don't want either of them. I mean, the, the offense is just so putrid in Pittsburgh. I just don't want either guy. Trubisky was awful. Mason Rudolph got snaps in that game. Pittsburgh is just terrible. They are bad. You really don't want any of those guys. Deontay yep. Johnson was the only one that did a little bit of anything. We didn't talk about an awesome game. Cincinnati versus Minnesota. The Bengals won 27-14. to Jake Browning, after starting off slow, came on big time at the end of that one. Nick Mullins was awful. Ty Chandler was phenomenal. Joe Mixon saved the day with a touchdown. T. Higgins had two on the ground, uh, two receiving touchdowns. One of them was crazy good. Addison just smashed it with two receiving touchdowns, 100 yards. Justin Jefferson caught seven for 84. He did his thing in Hawk. Cash those 50 point, 50 and a half overs. It needed overtime to get there, but he got six for uh, 63. TJ Hawkinson was good in that matchup. We talked a little bit about Jared Goff in Denver. We were very, very nervous, Jay Rich. You were so very, nervous, nervous about those nervous. Lions, huh? And they just went out there and dropped 42 on this much improved Denver defense. Jared Goff, not one, not two. Not three, not four, but five passing touchdowns for Jared Goff. Gibbs and David Montgomery went off on the ground, combined 185 for those guys. Amon Ra, one touchdown over 100 yards. Sammy freaking ball game. Three tutties on five receptions. Crazy. Incredible. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy were about the only thing from the offensive skill position players from Denver to do anything, and Russell Wilson didn't do much. Uh, 223 yards and one touchdown. Jay, who else do we need to fly through really quickly uh, before we Giant Saints? Let's fly through Giant Saints oh really quickly. What to talk about that? Uh, not much to talk about. No Chris Olave. Derek Carr had three. Tommy Cutlets got banged up. He didn't do anything. Saquon Barkley shit the bed for you in the fantasy playoffs. Alvin yep. Kamara barely did anything. I mean, he he was fine if you started yards, him, but five receptions. That's it. Not what you wanted from Alvin Kamara. Nothing else to talk about. From that game, who else did we need to get to before we get to Kansas City? Uh, the Kansas City game, uh, Tampa Bay, Jay Baker Mayfield. I mean, great game from Baker, man. Baker freaking Holy Mayfield, crap. four touchdowns, four touchdowns. Come on, dude, my goodness, you know, yeah. he's on pace for like I believe 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. This Baker's season, earned himself a role insane. next year. 
Baker's earned himself a starting job next year. Hell of a job from Baker Mayfield, 34 to 20 over Green Bay. Chris Godwin blast from the freaking pass. 10 for 155 for Chris Godwin on 12 targets. Mike Evans saved the day with the touchdown. He had about 50 yards. And then Rashad White continues to just do what I told you he would Ballin. do coming into the season, Jay. 50 yards through the air, one receiving touchdown. And then damn near a hundo on the ground, 21 carries. Bell, Cal, Rashad White, Aaron Jones was back. Didn't do too much. Dontavian Wicks, Tucker Craft, and Jaden Reed, Jay, which I talked Ballin. about on the Trinity Report. I talked about Jaden Reed and the next player we're going to talk about extensively. Trust the Trinity. Go to DestinationDevy.com if you want the best, and I'm just saying it, the best tool in fantasy football to predict wide receiver success and performance is the Trinity Tracker. Go to DD.com, use the tool. Jaden Reed, Jay, continue to talk about how you should be investing in Jaden Reed long term. He's an underrated yep. Trinity fine star. Jaden Reed is awesome. Jordan Love, two touchdown passes. He played well. Still a little inconsistent. This is a young team, but I think they've got a lot of talent on Green Bay, and it'll be exciting to watch them moving forward. Houston beat Tennessee in overtime. We talked about Will Levis being down. Derrick Henry in his press conference said that he is probably gone from the Titans after this season. Says he wants to play somewhere else. That he did not anticipate the end of his Titans career looking like this. But it looks like the king is gone. And if you started Devin Singletary, my God, 26 Ooh. for 121. And then he had that no late winner, long... Though. That late, long reception could have been even better because he had a walk-off touchdown run that was called back, but he had four for 49 through the air. Uh, Traylon Burks led Tennessee's receiving core with three for 62. Traylon coming back a little back. bit. Derrick Henry, 16 carries, nine yards for Derrick Henry. It was not good, Jay. Want to touch on the, um, what game was this? The, uh, the, the Chiefs game. Chiefs yes. and the Patriots, which was... An entertaining game? A little More bit closer of a game than, than we thought, yeah. A little bit closer than we thought. Patrick Mahomes, two touchdown passes, two interceptions. Kadarius Tony does it again. He giveth, he doesn't give much of anything, but he just taketh. <laughs> he continues to take it away from us. Zeke Elliott, nothing on the ground. New England couldn't do anything. Hunter Henry was the leading pass catcher for the New England Patriots. He had a touchdown. And scored again. Yeah. Clyde Edwards Alaire, Jay, you said it in our Discord. The only team he can perform against is the New England Patriots, man. Clyde, bat blast from the pass. He's catching passes. He's running the ball. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you had him in fantasy and you had to start Smashed. him. You were, you were happy with this performance. Jarek McKinnon had a touchdown pass. But, Jay, the only player I want to talk about. Right there. That For those uh, listening, yeah, Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice. <laughs> Great audio. Rasheed freaking Rice. He's on pace for the quietest thousand-yard rookie season that you will hear. We're, we're fawning over Puka and fawning over Addison and Dell and Rasheed Rice. He looks like he is their number one wide receiver. They still need help. It ain't, it ain't just they need help. But, Jay, I mean, his 54-yard total was as free money as free money got on prize picks or across the books. He is their number one alpha. The Trinity Tool told you this. I talked about this. On Thursday, go get you some Rasheed Rice. Snap share everything that you want a receiver to do. Rasheed Rice is doing it, Jay. Tell me how. I mean, right now, Jay, if I can trade Jackson Smith and Jigba to get Rasheed Rice plus, 1,000% doing it, Jay. Yeah. Not even thinking twice about it. This young man is phenomenal. They're scheming up ways to get him the ball. Talk about Rasheed Rice, Jay. 
So obviously Rasheed Rice is a player that I've been going to bat for for weeks because I've been really paying attention to his snap shares, right? We see the talent and it's like he gets three, four targets a game and you're wondering what the hell is going on. And and you, it's funny, you talk about Kadarius Tony. It honestly feels like Kadarius Tony is on the team for one reason. To make Mahomes' job as difficult as possible to try and win a Super Bowl. I know. He is a saboteur. He is, a, he is only paid to sabotage the Kansas City Chiefs because they won the Super Bowl last year. And it's like, we have to find a way to make Mahomes' job even more difficult to win. But talk about Rasheed Rice, right? 92% of snaps. Dude was dominant once again. Played more snaps than Kelsey. Kelsey obviously did get banged up a little bit, so we did miss some time. But this is what we've been waiting for with Rasheed Rice. We know the talent is there. We've seen it. For years, we've said, we need to chase after the wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs. The player they draft, you have to take a shot on that player. It was Sky Moore. It was Tony. It was MBS. It was Juju. It was Richie James. The answer, the key, the final form is Rasheed Rice. And it goes back to our similar discussion about Brock Purdy and the reason why you invest in Brock Purdy. Not because we think he's the best player ever, but he's playing on the best offense with the best weapons in football, and that player can perform. And it's the same case and the same reason we drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor. The reason why you drafted Sky Moore in the middle of the first round ahead of Chris Olave in some instances, because if it hits, this is the result you get. You get a borderline top 12 wide receiver in Rasheed Rice who's playing snaps, getting targets, has Mahomes' trust, and as you mentioned, Trinity's score is off the charts, and he's going to be great for fantasy football. So I hope you guys got him. I hope you invested in him. I wish I believed in him more because his pre-draft process was a little bit up and down at times. But met the kid. Dude is awesome, super he's fun, and a great player, man. Great, great player. When, so happy to see I him thriving him, in Kansas City. When I met him last year at the Senior Bowl or earlier this year, by far my favorite interview, favorite, we oh, were on yeah. the elevator with him. We're sharing French fries together and just talking to him about what he expected to do in the league. He's put together. He's a big kid. Like, he's a big, big young man. He's got good size to him. Explosive. Past four weeks, no less than nine targets, no less than seven receptions. So, when you see that line hit the books next week, if you want free money, because Kansas City's got to be in it, Jay, go ahead and bet on Rasheed Rice. Look out win every game. Conversely, Travis Kelsey, I'm just asking again, Jay. Is this the decline? I mean, he dropped a damn wide open touchdown pass, five yep, for twenty eight, seven targets. Is this is this the Travis Kelsey decline, or is it is it just a wild season for the 34, 35 year old? I think it is a wild season. I think that's fair. I wouldn't say that's being a you know Kelsey apologist to say that it's been a bit of a wild season for him personally on Still and off a great the field. Season for Kelsey. Still a great. He's going yeah, over 1,000, 100 receptions, another great season for him. But as you mentioned, right, the ups and downs and the receiving core, him being a little bit banged up, still has the number one podcast in the world than Spotify, right? Like him and his brothers. So he's doing more than fine on and off the field. Uh, but yeah, the decline is definitely there. I mean, even Ray on KTC, do you know where he's ranked right now? I have no idea. He's tight end six right now on KTC. So you think about the guys ahead of him, Trey McBride, Mark Andrews, Dalton Kincaid, TJ Hawkinson, Sam Laporta, and it's no shock, right? It's no shock. Trey McBride's been awesome. We know that Andrews has been kind of ahead of Kelsey at times. They've been jockeying back and forth. Kincaid's been great. Hawkinson, I mean, man, the one player I was like going to bat for like crazy was TJ Hawkinson, and he's been great. And obviously Sam Laporta is probably having the best rookie tight end season of all time. And so it's no surprise Kelsey is slipping, but I mean, like, 
Is he a buy now in some regards in fantasy I football? Would like, you would not I buy would. him. He's got too much billionaire booty at the crib, man. He got billionaire he booty at the crib, and he probably can make just as much money, if not more, doing He'll his make own more. thing He'll make without more. having to get Easily. beat up left and right. I, 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 I need to make sure he's back next year. Like, real talk, man. I just need to make sure he's back next season. Before I don't want to buy him today, and then we get to the end of the season, he said, I'm hanging it up. I don't want, I don't yeah. want that to happen. And you're asking me, do I believe that to be the case? I don't know, dude. Like, I don't know. He's got all I know. Yeah, is he, he, got, he, he could be looking at like a Joe Rogan type of podcast deal, right? Like, it, if I it had could billionaire be booty at the crib, I promise you this, I wouldn't be doing this show with you. I promise you this. I'd figure out other ways to make some revenue with my billionaire booty at the crib. We'll see. We'll see. Do I want to buy Kelsey today? Not really. I, I don't. For what? For what? I don't want to buy yeah. that right now. I'm good on that right now. Talk about McBride. Nine plus targets in four straight in four of his last five games, Jay. He is just a different, different, different animal. Trey McBreezy, man. McBride is dope. All right, Jay. We ran through everything. Want to bring Mitch up. Talk some NFL props for tonight. We got the Eagles versus the Seahawks, Jay. I mean, I don't know, dude. Tough, I, tough I, day. I I, I tough just day. I don't know about this one, Jay. Uh no Geno Smith, maybe. Jalen Hurts, Mariota, this feels like a dirty game, but we're bringing in one of the hottest men in the sports betting space right now. So maybe, just maybe, there's some opportunity to find some coin in this game. Mitch Carl at DFS and Donuts, get up here to the stage, man. Get up here. Take that damn hat off. We've already covered the Bills Cowboys (laughs) 45 (laughs) minutes ago. There's no need for this. What do you have to say and why are you here? What do you want, Mitch? Tell you what, bro. I am listen, for the people watching today, I'm sitting down because if I started to talk about the Bills game yesterday, I'd get a little too weak in the knees standing up. I'm oh sorry. My God, put- oh my God, get <laughs> out of here, Mitch. Go away. I'm glad what you went there, Mitch. Want? Nice. I, I like had it. to, man. Like, listen, our friendship was on the line yesterday. Ray and I didn't talk to each other. It's the first time we've even talked in the last 24 hours. Usually we're texting each other throughout the week. It is what it is. Uh, we'll see you on the Super Bowl. It's a, it, listen, you got the 92 and the 93 against us. We're going to get the 2023 this year. It's happening, baby. I'll see you I'll see you in February. Well, Mitch, I doubt that, let's, Mitch, let's, at least for the Cowboys. Yeah, look, well, I don't – listen, listen. Y'all needed that. We were just going through the motions. Oh, yeah. oh. I, again, I, yeah, I talked, they needed I talked it about this more an than hour you ago. It. I talked about oh, this an hour you. ago. I want to talk about some money tonight. Eagles, All Seahawks, right. Mitch. I mean – is there anything in this one? Or have you found yeah. anything for us in this game? You have been on an absolute flame-throwing heater right now. I don't think mm. people understand mm. how good you have been at identifying ways for us to make money inside of this game that we love. All I would suggest is go to at DFS in Donuts on Twitter and Thank take you. a look at what Mitch is doing and what he's also giving away to people who join this dub club. Talk about this game tonight, though, Mitch. Monday Night Football, Eagles, Seahawks. Yeah, I think there's some interesting betting angles. And right now, you know, I know people are worried. They're wondering who's in, who's out. Jalen downgraded because of illness. We've got injury concerns with a groin issue for Geno. Uh, We don't know what's going on in the Seattle Seahawks backfield, how that's going to shake out. 
there's a lot of questions going into tonight, but there are a few signals that identify potentially everyone's going to be active, everyone's in, and the game's going to be close. And the first thing I'm looking at right now is the fact that the total is sitting at 45, but the spread is at three and a half Seattle at home. So I think if we were looking at this game thinking no Geno Smith, no Jalen Hurts, you know, I think we'd have a lower total. And I don't think that the spread would be at three and a half points. I think this indicates both starters potentially are going to be in. If we're going to have Jalen Hurts, but no Geno, I think we're going to have a favored Philly going into Seattle. So that's the first takeaway for me. And if that's the case, I think some positive takeaways would be looking at maybe the key players for Philly starting with A.J. Brown. You've got the alpha of the offense. Ray, Jay, and I have talked about this in the past. These primetime games, you can kind of throw away data, honestly, and it's a lot of gut feels because you've got superstars, you've got primetime players, you've got big playmakers in big spots, and this is a big spot for Philly. Take you know, take take everything that's going on with their season, their locker room, all their meetings, their team meeting yesterday or two days ago. Listen, they got a lot going on. Take all of that and just chuck it aside. Because when the bright lights go on on primetime games, the big-time players step up. A.J. Brown continues to do that in primetime games. I don't care who his quarterback is tonight, although I do think it's Jalen. I like the overs for, for everything for A.J. I like the over for receptions, for yards, and I expect him to score a touchdown today in a big way. And you can also look at Devonta Smith and say he's a potential big-time player coming, uh, rising to the top right now in, I think, year three. But, man, he's hit the over in like five or six of his last seven games for his receiving yards. And he's one of those guys guys that, uh, honestly, he just doesn't need a ton of volume to get there either. He's such a, a route-running technician. He can just, you know, create that separation and take those like 10-yard passes and uh, take them for an extra 15, 20 yards. And he'll get there in four or five catches tonight, I think, for the over for his yardage, which just seems to be too low. And I think here's what's going to happen. Jalen Hurts ends up being active. I think all their player props go up. I think these are right, right now a nice little bargain. I um, Jay, what do you think? What do you think about that? The A.J. Brown, Devontae Smiths. I know that you said you think it's going to be a DeAndre Swift-Kenneth Gainwell game, so kind of juxtapose positions between you and Mitch here. Jay, talk about why you think the ground game for the Philadelphia Eagles is going to be the key to victory tonight. Well, for me, it's just a bit of the matchup and a bit of Jalen Hurts, right? Even if he plays, we know he's probably not 100%. And so just knowing that, if the Eagles are able to just simply ground and pound the ball, I could see them making the choice to do that because it's easier than trying to throw the ball with Hurts, having to make a whole bunch of decisions, get the ball out quick. I don't think it's a bad line, Mitch. I sort of disagree with the fact that those lines are going to go up, though, because Seattle's pass defense isn't great, but it's not terrible either. I think if you're looking more so at lines, I would almost wait more for Metcalf and Jack Smith and Jigba Tyler Lockett to see where they're at, because if Geno is ruled out, which he's kind of trending towards right now, you may get some lower lines for a quarterback who threw for 269 and two touchdowns against the San Francisco 49ers last week. So you look at that, and he's up if you play, playing up against the um, Philly defense that is the worst in the league against wide receivers, then you're looking at DK Metcalf, who's at, a, I believe, at 60 yards right now. JSN is at like 43 yards. There could definitely be a lot of opportunity if those lines don't go up. I think they probably stay the same, because if Gino is healthy or playing, he's not 100%. I may even take a healthy Drew Locke, who's been in the system, knows the plays, and threw for 270 last week over a Gino and take some overs on DK Metcalf, Lockett, or JSN this week. Can I ask a question here? This is interesting because let's say we don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Seattle. Whomever gets tossed in there, 
What do you think about the touchdown passing touchdown prop for any Seattle quarterback? Because I was looking at this morning, and my gosh, I mean, uh, the Eagles have given up two plus passing touchdowns, like five exactly. quarterbacks, nine this season. Are you just taking an over on any passing touchdown prop tonight for whomever it is? I would definitely consider it. Yeah, like even last week, Metcalf didn't have like the best game ever, but he still scored, right? He still got in the end zone. He still had 52 yards, which again, against San Francisco is pretty damn good. And he killed them in the first game. So, and he got I, ejected I just, in that game too. Remember he got thrown got, out of yeah. that game either, as well. He, he did get thrown out of the game. So I think it's just like you come from a team like San Francisco playing them. Now you're back at home. And yes, it's Drew Locke, but the matchup could not be more different. You're going from facing a top five defense to playing a bottom five defense that is not going to have Darius Slay today because Darius Slay is getting surgery. So an Eagles defense that is already abysmal on the back end is going to be even worse. And so I don't even think it really matters who plays quarterback. The key success for the Seahawks is to throw the ball. And I think that's where if Geno does play, it could be a problem because if he's limited and can't drive the ball down the field, that hurts the pass catchers. Drew Locke can, even if he's inaccurate at times, he played pretty well last week, so I would trust him to do it again this week against a much, much worse defense. And Gavin's talking about Matt Patricia calling defensive plays. I mean, I don't, I don't think we need to get into that too much for the Eagles. Well, look, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I have no, I have no lean direction, anything. I haven't even started to look at this game tonight, but I will. We'll, we'll dive into that. And Mitch. I just want to put this up because the people may not know, man. We'll cover up Jay Rich for a minute. We'll cover up Jay Rich for a minute. This is Mitch right here. Morning Discord selfie after yesterday's insane day of betting. Checkmark, plus 550, plus 600, plus 950, plus 1427, 13-3 overall yesterday for this man in the middle with this atrocious hat on, uh, this blue mm. and red hat. I don't know what I'm this a, is. I kind of like I do it, Mitch. Know, I do colors. know that Mitch is very good at his job, at his craft, at providing uh, well-researched and thoughtful plays. So, Mitch, every time that you get a chance to jump on and just talk a little ball and try to help make the people some money, we appreciate you being here. Make sure y'all go right. to at DFS and Donuts on Twitter. He is dropping stuff literally like as we do the show, he is on there. So as the fantasy season winds down, still plenty of reason to stay tapped into what we're doing, what he's doing. There was somebody in the chat that also said that you made him some money in the NBA. Jeff Math said that Mitch with his NBA bets has helped me win some extra cash the last four nights. Just use the system as a guide for real. What you got, Mitch, before we get it, get you out of here, yeah, baby? I was going to say, I agree with you, Ray. I didn't, I didn't invest a ton of time in this game. It's not a good looking game to bet on, but I yeah. did invest into NBA. So, so the people have something to walk away with and a W in their pocket. Paul George, over 32.5 points, rebounds, and assists, goes into Indy tonight. And in the last four times, he's gone back to where his career started. He's had 47-plus PRA in those games in Indy. I think this line's low. He's averaging that PRA on the season, which is odd to put the line there. I'm slamming the over. I loved it. Actually, it was on Fliff this morning, minus 125 before the show went live was the best odds on Fliff. So over 32.5 points, rebounds, and assists com combo prop. Uh, my first and official morning pick of the day. And if you guys want the rest, grab him inside Dub Club. Might see some picks from Ray. I saw That's him true. go 7-3 and three yesterday, too. Ray, you're on mute. Mute it. Yeah, Ty DeClaire said, came for the donuts, stayed for the DFS. We got Cole World saying, love me some donuts. Uh, this is awesome, man. And for y'all out there, 
once football's over, like we like NBA, we like MLB, and you can make money betting on anything when there's a sound process and strategy. So, Mitch, thank you for being here. I don't really appreciate the hat that you're wearing. We'll have a conversation about this offline, my friend. Yeah, get out of here, Mitch. Thank you. Go to the Twitter, follow Oh, you're done. You better not do- As go, long man. as you don't double up. Yeah, I like the hat. As long as you don't double up, man, we're all right. But Mitch, thank you. Appreciate you. Get him out of here. See you later, buddy. All right, Jay. That was fun. And Mitch has been on an absolute heater yeah, of late. Let's see what the- yeah, he's been bought. Whoa. What? It's time to wrap it up. Jay? Jay Rich was looking like a snack. I don't know who ja- Jaws is, uh, but Jaws When he said, had the donut uh, over my face, man. Come said on. you were uh, looking like a snack for a second, baby, with that with that donut over your face. But nah, uh, Cole, 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 appreciate everybody being here. Yeah, the three amigos. Jay, anything else you want to depart with, man? You're about to be out of here for a little bit, man. You got one more day. We you got, got Scott Connor finishing up his roster construction series, so make sure you check yeah. out that. Um, tra- Dynasty Trades in 5, especially now that the season yep. is over. Get those rosters reviewed. Jay, anything you want to leave the people with before we get out of here? I'm excited for the Trinity Report this week. Uh, I'm going to be dropping a bunch of different content um, this week as we move forward through the end of the fantasy season. What you got, man? Uh, I think for me, Ray, it's just like starting to prep for next year. We're doing a whole bunch of stuff. We have a lot of plans. And I think the biggest thing is the rookie content. It's going to be fast. It's going to be coming in hot very soon because it's time, man. Like, for a lot of people, the season's over. So go back and check some of the rookie reports. Check some of the stuff that Ray's doing. Check the mock drafts. Follow this kind of stuff. And I think another thing that you guys should look out for is one of our writers, Jordan Backus. I don't know if he's going to do every single bowl game, but I've seen the schedule. And there is a hell of a lot of bowl games. So go and check out his write-ups. I'll tweet them out every time they come up. So you can check them out on my Twitter account or on his Twitter account. But he's going to be doing previews of almost every single bowl game. And so those are things you don't want to look at because you may see some players that you're not going to be able to watch. Like Bo Nix. He's playing in, I believe, the Liberty is Liberty Bowl or Fiesta Liberty, Bowl? Yeah, whatever game. I forget what bowl it is, Fiesta, but Oregon. And, yeah. and he's playing in that game. So you're going to get another shot to look at Bo Nix because, frankly, his last tape opportunity was not very good. So make sure you check that stuff out. Backus will be keeping track of that. So it's a great spot for you to easily find some information about a lot of players that could be draft eligible this year or next and check them out at some of the bowl games because there will be lots of good players playing some of those games. Obviously, the top guys may not. And I'm praying to God that Marv plays. Praying. Praying that Marv plays because I am going to the Cotton Bowl. So hoping to see Marv and uh, Luther Burden. Luther Burden will be sick. Marv definitely is not playing in the Cotton Bowl. But we appreciate every single eye, every single ear that taps into the show. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button on your way out of the building. Like, subscribe, comment, stay tapped in. Watch the Trinity Report. Get on the tool. Use the war tool. Jay Rich is going to win Scott Fishbowl, and he drafted using nothing not, but the I'm war not. tool. Wait, do you Trinity want to set my Report. lineup on, uh, on Friday? Not that I really have to. It'll be pretty easy to set. But we can set it on Friday. Set it up Friday. We'll set it up Friday. Friday. Stay tuned. Tonight at halftime, I'll be dropping the 2024 rookie mock draft. I might go two rounds and check that out. So stay tuned for that for this evening and all the other dope content on DD. We appreciate y'all being here. And uh, we'll see y'all on Wednesday if you're in the Discord and Friday if you're not. Go to DD.com. Check everything out. We love y'all. We're out of this thing. Have a great Monday. Peace. (laughs) 